Mother's Blood, Sister's Songs, the story of how the genetics of Iceland reveals its Irish motherhood, with composer Linda Buckley. One of the threads that really resonates so strongly throughout all of this is the story of Melkorka. Also, I think it's the sense of motives that are passed from Gaelic traditions to Icelandic. And we heard that especially from Terry Gunnell. Also how our connection to the sagas is very much a part of everyday life of the people here. And they talk about it as if it happened last week. So it's not a distant, abstract notion to them. It's very much part of their everyday life. It's that feeling of the spirit of the people really connects strongly for me. And and I see it coming back here again. It's a feeling of openness and strength and resilience and connection to nature that I see in the people here and in the people at home. Well, I think here you meet so many people that are musicians and poets and work in multiple other facets. I feel like they're allowed to do this and it's very much part of the culture here, part of society here. There's no pigeonholing, there's no sense of you have to be straightjacketed into one area within even the arts. But you can, you know, really embrace who you are in the complicated many multifaceted versions of ourselves and you see that freedom here and you see people really encouraging that and feeling very free to express themselves in many different ways. It was really interesting to talk to Baura and hear her singing and that strong connection that she has to Rimer Tant in a way that really felt so embodied as part of her in every single way, in the way that she performed it and the way she talks about it. And then that sense of it connecting out to many of the other people that we spoke to and how those aspects are incredibly linked and that connection to the past that they're so proud of and that they are very, very excited to talk about and that the past is living in them in such a strong and very real and concrete way in terms of their own ancestry and in terms of their own connection to their past and their history. Well, I think that that relationship between sound and music is something that is so deeply embedded in the souls of musicians and composers here that it's very hard to to separate those two things. And I think sometimes in other places, perhaps there has been this emphasis on them being considered as very, very distinct entities. And so, you know, over the years you have even composers like John Cage talks about 
this distinction between what is considered noise and what is considered music. And he talks about how the sound of wind or the sound of traffic or any environmental noise or sound can be considered musical for him. And this always um, was important for me growing up where I came from and the sounds of the sea and the sounds of foghorns and, and milking machines. So I feel here you often find that composers are really bringing those elements into their music. And Katie Buckley talked a little bit about that actually with the harp and how sometimes the harp is used to evoke these sounds of nature and sounds of wind and sounds of uh, sea and things like this. And so I feel for especially the younger generation of Icelandic composers that that is coming through very strongly in their music, sometimes in a very natural and instinctive way. And I think we really see that emerging in people like Anna Thorvald's daughter here as well. surprised me the most was this discussion of Icelandic folk music as being something that isn't necessarily very celebrated because that is quite different actually to what we have experienced in Ireland where there really is this beautiful and joyous connection to our traditional music and it's very much living and very much alive in us and that sense that you know they're trying to now educate the younger generation in things like Reamer and Icelandic folk music and I'm very surprised that that hasn't been more connected with everyday people here over the years. Um, I think that is starting to change a little bit because it is an incredibly rich body of work that is just now maybe starting to be tapped into. sense that some of that music is too much looking into the past but then there's one positive aspect about it being not so widely known in that there's a freedom in what you can do with that material so you have people like Celestina who is combining Rimer with electronics and cello have bands like Sigur Rós who are experimenting with Reamer. So I feel like there's maybe this sense that there's not so much possession or ownership over the music, that it actually is something that is material that can be mined in a way that, that can be very contemporary actually and very individual to a performing musician. I was a teenager when I first heard the music of Björk and I remember there was one song where she sings about this town doesn't have room for my big feeling and I remember being struck by that as an idea and me coming from a very small place as well and her 
coming from this place. She obviously felt the need to move away and spread her wings and really get her music out there. And at that time, she would have moved to London and later, of course, New York. And now she's between mostly New York and here in Reykjavik. And you do see a sense of that with a lot of the other musicians that we've met here, that they have gone away and they've returned and, and wanting to bring something back to their home place. I think she is very much doing that while spreading a more universal message to the world and at the moment which is very connected to things like the environment and, and climate change with her new tour Cornucopia. So it was very interesting to talk to Mel Corka and Katie Buckley as well about the process of collaboration that they have entered into with Bjork and it seems that it is a very collaborative process that it's not a case of handing over scores to musicians and having them perform it that you actually invite them into your home and you work together very closely and also bringing the younger generation into that which you do see at the moment with Bjork working with a lot of younger musicians here and bringing them on tour with her so I feel like she is trying to give back and really inspire that younger generation of musicians from Iceland and from all over the world. I think Mel Corka being mute is such a powerful metaphor and I also feel that her later speaking of Irish to her son is very much about trying to maintain her own sense of self and her sense of ethnic identity and where she's from um, and then passing that on to the next generation. So I feel that that resonates very strongly today and I see that in the strength of the women that we spoke to in terms of their voices being heard in music and in society in general. I feel that that kind of resilience and strength has been very inspiring from the stories and from the sagas to this very day. we can see that music is a very strong part of everyday life here but also with the musicians that we spoke to there's such a strong sense of initiative that they're really coming up with ideas for projects all the time and working on multiple projects at the same time and, and never feeling that they can rest on their laurels that they're really pushing forward all the time I'm not sure exactly why that is happening here in that kind of huge surge of creativity some who we spoke to mention it's to do with darkness like a, a more fully formed entity now pulling all the strands together I think there's still more to be discovered but I think that looking at very very concrete evidence in terms of DNA and also connecting that back to our knowledge of the sagas and the stories that emerged from the first settlement of Iceland and um, we really do see that incredibly strong strand coming from the Gaelic side.
Linda Buckley there, closing this podcast series of Mother's Blood, Sister's Songs. Now, if you want to find out more about our project, please do go to the website mothersbloodsisterssongs.com and explore some of the audio, video and additional resources there. We'd also love if you'd share the podcasts and our story with your friends and colleagues, particularly on social media. And do rate and review the series if you're listening in iTunes. It really helps others find us. And just to let you know that the two-part radio documentary series, Mother's Blood, Sister's Songs, goes out on RTE Lyric FM on December 29th and January 5th in the RTE Lyric FM Sunday night feature slot. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Sunday nights. And of course, it's going to be online as podcasts afterwards. Thanks so much for listening.